trouble so hard. Ooh, Lord, trouble so hard. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. And welcome. You are on Very Live Radio, and I am your host, uh, the Radical Reverend here, Sherry DeNovo, uh, my other name. And I'm certainly delighted to to be here. We're we're talking, as we have uh, all of May, with mayoral candidates. And uh, and first up, uh, we have none other than Olivia Chow, the front runner. Before I get Olivia on the line, I just want to again reiterate, it is our fundraising show. So 416-946-7800, we are the only real alternative radio left in the city. And of course, everything you hear here, you will hear also on my podcast that goes up in a few days. Olivia, are you there? Good morning. Yes, what is the number again? It is four one six nine four six seven eight hundred. It is. It is. I've written it down. Uh, good, and you know how important alternative radio is, so thank you for that yes, shout-out. So let's talk about your campaign. I mean, to me, they're, they're the top two issues in this city as a Torontonian are, first and foremost, housing. Talk about uh, what you're looking at doing for housing in the city. Well, uh, four things. Two of them I'm announcing soon, but the, <laughs> the first two that I've talked about publicly is... Uh, stopping the eviction because right now a lot of renters are feeling very insecure fearful because if you get evicted your world collapses if you can't quickly find another place I've talked to folks that said it, I, it, it impacted on my health, on my life uh, and it's devastating so Stopping the eviction by providing some financial support and some uh, community social support uh, is, is critical. So I'm doubling the City of Toronto Rent Bank, which provides financial support. I'm tripling the something called EPIC, Eviction Prevention in Community Program, that provides psychological or mental or, uh, you know, um, it could be homemaker service, it could be someone that can help you solve your problem with your landlord, that kind of work. Um, the third piece is that if you have landlords that are really going after illegal rent increase and you live in an apartment and it's happening to you in not just yourself, but most of your neighbors, you need to bring people together because we are stronger together. So, Metro Toronto Housing Federation, for example, bring people together, the Tenants Association. So, uh, we are supporting them by giving them more funds so they are community organizers. They are bringing the tenants together, forming Tenants Association, going to the tribunal, going uh, and really stopping illegal evictions. Um, we'll, we will also provide um, legal support. The other piece is um, uh, fixing. You know, sometimes you call your landlord, uh, you don't have hot water, or the elevator's broken, or it's leaking, and nothing happens, or there are cockroaches. Uh, they're not coming in to spray. Uh, we are 
increasing inspectors so that we will help you or support you, gives you the power to get your landlord to do the right thing. Uh, and if the landlord ultimately won't do it, we'll do it for for the landlord and put it on their property tax. So those are one element. Um, do I have time to keep going? There, there are other things we're doing. The, the, <laughs> the biggest one is that if <clears throat> the people, the, the whole building is being sold, uh, you heard of renovation or demoviction, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So in Parkdale, an area that you know, um, <clears throat> the city helped the tenants get together and we fix it. We, the city comes in and fix the problem and then buy the building to take it from private to public hands. Then the tenants will own their own place, either through a co-op or through land trust. We are uh, increasing that budget by 10 times. The program right now is very successful. There's one in Kensington Market, one in Parkdale. We want to do a lot more. We're increasing it from $10 million to $100 million so that tenants will have secure, good homes that they, they feel they, could, they have control over their lives. Um, and then the third piece is we're going to bring tenants and city councilors and our staff together uh, so that every year or every six months we look at the results of these programs uh, <clears throat> and we give voice of tenants into City Hall so that City Hall has their back. Sorry to go into such details, but this, I, I'm very proud of what we are doing for tenants to stop the eviction. Yeah, and speaking here to Olivia Chow, a mayoral candidate, as you probably all know out there in Toronto land. Uh, and, uh, and of course, we've been doing this all month. I just, again, just a note, um, it is our fundraising show. So 416-946-7800, if you want to call, or just go to the website, uh, ciut.fm. So, Olivia, the other big issue that really uh, I hear constantly about, in fact, just leading up to the show, we were having discussion in the studio about it, is transit. Um, what what are you, what are you planning to do about our transit? Before I go into transit, there's one mm-hmm. other component that's really important. I talk about stopping the eviction, mm-hmm. but the city hall for ten years have not done any building. We've just walked away and have uh, stopped building housing. So uh, if I'm the mayor, we are back. We spend the, during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the City of Toronto and Metro Toronto, you know, regional and local government, we built 32,000 units of housing during that time. It belongs to the city, it's affordable, some of them are with deep subsidies, which is a third of your income, and we're going to be back building. So rather than saying, we'll give you city land to a private developer, and the private developer will then develop it and then manage it. No, we want to keep it in public hands. We're going to build 25,000 units of these kind of housing, and it's totally doable because it's on city land, and uh, we're going to be back doing what has worked in the past and was cancelled by successive, uh, I hasten to use the word conservative, but uh, people that really, leaders that don't really believe in uh, dealing with the affordable housing crisis. 
So in order to solve the problem in the long run, yes, stop the eviction, but let's also build. The city of Toronto will be back building housing once again. And I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to distract. No, but, no, no. Uh, of course, you, I mean, you want to talk. I think that's so important. Really I mean, important. nothing more important than housing. Yeah. Units, right? <laughs> um, but transit. Mm-hmm. We're talking about transit. What element of it do you want me to talk about? Well, you know, right off the bat, uh, we we're paying more. There's a fare increase, and the services are being cut, which is ridiculous. You know when. When the price goes up, you get you're supposed to get better services, right? It's not gouging you, <laughs> so uh, so I'm going to restore the cuts, i.e., bring back <clears throat> what we had before, <clears throat> um, so that more people will ride the TDC, and that will bring in extra revenue. So that piece is really important, and for people that are in Scarborough. You would remember this whole fiasco, you know, subways, subways, subways. And yes, the subway will be built in Scarborough, but not for another eight years. At the meantime, the Scarborough RT is going down in the fall. So imagine 25,000 riders each day. Where the heck are they going to go? They're all going to be on buses, stuck in traffic in on Kennedy Road. So people on the bus are frustrated because they're stuck in traffic. People driving on Kennedy and Midland will be frustrated because guess what? They <laughs> they're stuck behind a bus. So or, or beside the bus, if they want to make right turn, they they you know they they won't be able to do so. So it's complete chaos. So instead of doing that, um, I'm putting aside some money to uh, use the RT corridor and put a busway there, dedicated lanes, so that um, so that people can ride on these buses uh, and save <clears throat> 20 minutes a day, which is oh, you know for a month, or sorry for a week, it's like two hours that you can spend with your family. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, now, City Hall, after I make that announcement, yesterday said, oh, we found the money to do that. Uh, good. <laughs> uh, so sometimes if, during elections, <laughs> no matter who wins, it, you you push City Hall enough, you get results, right? So that is happening, which is great. Speaking to Olivia Chow here on the Radical Reverend Show, uh, and always a pleasure, Olivia. Uh, We've talked about housing. We've talked about transit. Uh, We all know the city has financial issues and problems. We've heard this over and over again. Uh, You know, I think there was a certain segment of the population that thought, well, Tory is a Tory. Um, He maybe can get some money out of the Tories at, uh, at, at the provincial level, and hopefully even the federal level. So I'm going to ask the question: Where does this? Where does the money for your your planning uh, come from? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, negotiating behind closed door and not being not involving city council and not involving the citizens of Toronto or the residents of Toronto has its limitations. So, a 
former mayor, John Tory, is doing this negotiation. But this year, there's a huge budget hole of over a billion dollars. So uh, Tory did not get money from Tory, <laughs> using the language. Doug Ford basically said, nah. And the federal government, Mr. Trudeau, said, nah, we're not going to do that. So even though this is the money that because of the pandemic, um, fewer people ride the CDC, it costs more on our public health, you know, everything costs more. And the federal and provincial government was going to pay their fair share. Now, they haven't. So what am I going to do? Yes, we'll negotiate. But I'm going to ask you and your listener to join me and all the good people of Toronto to say to other levels of government that, hey, you can't continue to ignore us. You have to pay your share. And by the way, City of Toronto is the biggest city in Canada. We're the financial center. We are a proud, good city. We are diverse. We're famous. We're very semi-livable, mostly livable. And and it's uh, uh, we need a, a good source of funding and uh, a funding that would grow with the economy. So, for example, uh, income tax is progressive. You, If you have more money, you pay more. If you don't have much, you don't pay. Uh, sales tax, again, we have nothing other than property tax. So uh, we're going to negotiate a, a long-term funding with the two levels of government so that we don't go through this humiliating ritual every year begging the provincial and the federal government for uh, crumbs. If you, if, you, if you think about it, go trains, go buses, go funds up. Well, the provincial government, TTC, does, does the Ford pay a penny in operating TTC? No. Well, why is it? Are, are Toronto citizens not as good as, uh, not, not as, uh, as valuable as the uh, residents in Brampton uh, or in Vaughan? Why is it that the gold services are paid for by the provincial government and TDC, uh, the, the Ford government, would have nothing to do with its operating money? And that's just not fair. They used to pay 70% and the city pays 30%. Right now they pay zero, no percent. And that's just not fair. So there are many examples like that that we could really go after the provincial government and the federal government. And, of course, we would have to uh, get property tax and everybody has to pay their fair share. And uh, I, I have already yesterday said that for the building funds that Mr. Tory has set up, I will increase it uh, a, a third of a 1%. So speaking here to Olivia Chow, a mayoral candidate uh, on the Radical Reverend Show and your host here, Sherry DeNovo, uh, we're also fundraising. So just a reminder, um, www.cit.fm if you want to uh, donate online or 416-946-7800 if you want to donate to uh, on phone. Um, Olivia, just uh, as I'm listening to you about revenue from the other sources, I'm also aware that you know, that's a negotiation. It may take some time. They might say no. Um, what about the police budget, which has been a contentious 
issue. Um, it takes so much of the city's money. Um, is there any reform there that you're looking at? Oh, absolutely. Some of the calls that are going to 911 really doesn't belong. It shouldn't be the police that would be responding. And they will say so, that some of the calls, they are not equipped in dealing with it. So they did a pilot project with Gerstein Center. They are uh, experts in dealing with people that have some mental health issues or in crisis situations. So instead of sending out a police, why not send people that are trained to deal with people in a crisis situation? Uh, that itself would cover a good percentage of the call. And I think that needs to be done. And uh, we're just looking at how what percentage of the calls can be diverted. The City of Toronto already have um, uh, started this year an emergency, well, last year, an emergency response team, and which uh, is a community-based um, team. And uh, we are going to increase the funding for that team so that they are more equipped in dealing with some of the calls. And, of course, you have to deal with the root causes of people that are in crisis situation. Uh, Jerry, you would remember Andrea Magalise lost his son, mm-hmm. her son, remember, mm-hmm. her son mm-hmm. Gabriel? Absolutely. Uh, at the Kiel subway station. And um, I went to the, the visual, and it was going into that subway station, hearing her cries is just like, heartbreaking she i wouldn't i wouldn't wish that i can't imagine her pain as a mom losing a 16 year old son and yet in the depth of her her pain her grieving she said to us that we need to take better care of each other we have to um improve the social conditions so that less people are in that crisis situation, so we could prevent people from getting into a crisis situation. So in my book, I mean, that's incredibly courageous of her to do that, incredibly caring, and um, I think we should listen to her and look at both the root causes of people in crisis situations, like poverty and many other aspects of it, housing or lack of, and tackle those elements. If we just throw money at police, by the time the police shows up, the crime has already occurred, right? So we have to deal with the cost of crime, whether it's after-school programs so the kids are not bored, uh, give them hope, so training, employment programs, after-school programs, mentorship programs, there are lots of things that we can do, um, which I've done in the past, and I would, as the mayor, do a lot more of it so that we can create a city that's more caring, more affordable, and safer for everybody. 
Thank you so much for that, Olivia. Thanks for your time. I know it's busy on the campaign trail, so I'll let you go. And uh, uh, how do people contact your campaign if they want to? Uh, jump in on info at oliviachow.ca or visit us at oliviachow.ca. Uh, lots of ways to get involved, and, and it would be great fun for people to come together because, as I said, we are stronger together. We're always open for people's ideas, uh, people's help. And uh, I won't talk about donation because you need the donation. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, join our team. It's very exciting. Uh, Building a good city needs everyone all hands on deck. Okay. Thank you for your time. Thank you for yours. And and you heard it straight from from the candidate's mouth uh, on the Radical Reverend Show here. And just to back up what um, Olivia said about the program, very, very important that you donate to Alternative Radio. You want alternative news sources. Uh, You don't want to always and only be dependent on mainstream. So please give 416-946-7800 or online uh, www.ciet.fm. Now I'm going to bring it in-house into our studio and on our panel that we always have on the second the second Tuesday of the month, um, we have uh, two regulars. Uh, first, uh, Emma uh, Wakeland, who is a liberal strategist and uh, knows all about strategy. And we've got Alex Grant, who is the editor of Fight Back magazine. So welcome to the Radical Reverend Show. Hey, Sherry. Uh, so um, so the two of you heard uh, from Olivia. We're going to be hearing from Anna Bilo next uh, in, in a matter of minutes. Uh, but just uh, some takes on that. Um, th- for me, it's just uh, how she's going to pay for it. Um, and, and most of the candidates I've been hearing is we're going to negotiate with the, the federal and the provincial governments. And we already know the provincial government is probably going to be hostile to an Olivia Chow uh, mayoralty and, and probably um, lukewarm to, to some other candidates. So they're going to say no. So then, then what? All of these plans just go poof in, in, in the air. So uh, the... the the elephant in the room is property taxes, and the rest of the province, quite frankly, is a little resentful of Toronto. Um, historically, they've always been, but also they, they resent that Toronto pays the lowest property taxes in the province, and the city going begging the rest of the province for money is probably going to fall very flat. First thoughts from you, Alex? Well, Toronto is broken. The, the funding of Toronto is broken, the services are broken, the TTC is broken, housing is broken, everything is broken here. And uh, Olivia put forward a number of sort of modest reforms, uh, build 25,000 houses and stuff against evictions and supporting co-ops and stuff like that. But um, I I didn't hear, and and she says she's going to get the money from the province and the feds. The only way to get that is to mobilize the people. And you cannot mobilize the people with the sort of, the moderate language she gave. Uh, she might win the election. She's sort of uh, number one in the polls right now, and I'd be very glad to see uh, Saunders, the most anti-poor candidate, defeated, the far-right candidate. Uh, well, far-right. But um, uh, I worry what she'll do when, if she's in power. Uh, will she end up being another Bob Ray? Because she can say good things... But unless there is a movement calling for housing, transit and the funding, then she'll end up backtracking 
on on all of these things. So we need to we need to you know, have a socialist city council. Or we need a socialist Toronto uh, that actually mobilizes people and demands uh, that Toronto is no longer broken and and it gets what it deserves. Okay, so just in defense, I mean, she did talk about mobilizing people to to go after them. I mean, one of the things she said, which uh, kind of my ears perked up, um, was was what I thought I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, you two, uh, what, I heard, what I thought I heard was uh, expropriation of properties if uh, they weren't kept up and if, um, and if tenants, you know, constantly going after landlords for, you know, repairs, et cetera, et cetera, that the city has some impact of that. Um, that's a pretty radical concept, Emma. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, it, two big stumbling blocks there is it would be in front of the courts for 10 years, probably more. And at the end of the day, the, the province's agencies who... Um, ultimately control these decisions would say no. So again, it's, it's, it's kind of pie in the sky thinking without any concrete way of delivering it. And she talked about in the 70s and 80s and 90s that they built 32,000 units over 30 years or three decades. We need a million homes built to just catch up to where we need to be. And there's a, there's a, a labor shortage of people who can actually build these things and private Unless she's talking about creating an agency to start building, um, there's there's no private contractor who's going to give up lucrative million dollar condos to to build city buildings. It's it's kind of um, so. Where where do you think the money should come from? Then? I, I well, I think we d- definitely need to build, but she needs to be realistic. And we, if you're going to build these homes, you have to create. Uh, an agency that's going to do it, and you have to properly fund it. So again, that comes from property taxes, because that's the only way Toronto is going to be able to realistically raise any money. And then there, there's been no talk about sort of the pressures on on real estate right now. Airbnb, uh, there's no question that that is a that's driving prices up. Um, investors is a huge issue. Um, people uh, being allowed to buy homes, f- either for safe investments and keeping them empty, or to, to charge four or $5,000 a month in, in rent. So unless we crack down on investment, um, shifting uh, housing from being an investment opportunity to being a, a human right, which it is, and talking about realistic ways to build housing, it's all unrealistic. Just have a couple of minutes, Alex, weigh in before we speak to our next... You, you can't just get it from property taxes. The, 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 the system is broken. The... It, it, Getting it for property taxes is getting the money from uh, middle-class, working-class, middle-income people. And Toronto's a rich city. There's 100,000 millionaires living in Toronto. There's 17 billionaires that live in Toronto. The city needs to be able to get to that money. And and you can only do that by mobilising people. I actually missed the bit what she said in uh, expropriation. I, I'd be she all did, in, She didn't uh, use the word, but it sounded oh, okay. a little like that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the day. She needs to say it and enthuse people and mobilize them. And so that, that's the only thing that's going to fix the city is, is really a mass radical movement that keeps Chow honest, keeps her to her promises and pushes her further rather than have her backtracking because, yes, as the current funding formula exists, there isn't the money. 
Well, perhaps uh, we'll leave it at that and we'll, we'll get our next uh, mayoral candidate, who's Anna Bailo. And uh, she uh, also, uh, one, of, one of the things that we're doing here, and just so you know, on the Radical Reverend Show uh, during the month of May is talk to, um, and, uh, you know, the, the progressive wing of the candidates are, are front runners that are that are running. So to date, uh, we've had Mitzi Hunter, we've had uh, Gil on, who's now folded behind the Olivia Chow campaign. Olivia, and we're having Anna and then Josh on the show this month. So uh, do stay tuned. And by the way, before we put Anna on, uh, just a reminder to all out there in listener land that it is fundraising. Uh, so 416-946-7800, you can phone and give any amount is, is completely and utterly welcome. There's all sorts of prizes. You can win e-bike, you can win um, a trip to the Northern Lights Boreal Festival, including uh, the via rail pass to get there and uh, expenses. You can win all sorts of smaller gifts as well if you give. And if you do it online, it's www.ciut.fm. Uh, Anna, are you there? I, yes, I am. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, so uh, we just talked to Olivia on on her proposals, and I'm going to ask you the same questions essentially. So, first and foremost, I think for folk in Toronto, um, the question is about housing and housing affordability. Um, so, what is your campaign? What are you promising in that regard? Uh, well, we we put out the housing plan that uh, has initiatives to take people uh, out of homelessness to focus on protecting renters and also on how to build homes. You know, sometimes people focus just on the supply or just on one area. We have to talk about the whole housing continuum because right now we have issues all along the housing continuum. Um, I, uh, do you want me to start going into a little bit? Yes, of Yes, please, three please areas? do. Okay. Yeah. So with regards to the support for the vulnerable residents, Sherry, I think uh, we need to invest in expanding what is now known inside City Hall as the Dufferin Grove Pilot Project, which was a pilot project that I had in one of my parks to deal with the encampment. And it's basically a housing-first approach. What I did is I put together a group of uh, staff, nonprofit organizations, having staff every day at the park to uh, assist the residents and the people that were staying at the park. And we did everything from ID clinics, tax clinics, to make sure we could house people, you know, healthcare, outreach. And we were able to house 25 people directly into homes and over 50 that we brought them inside. So this is the way that we need to be dealing with uh, with these situations. It's a housing-first approach, and I'm uh, proposing to have $5 million to expand uh, this approach. Also very important is to assist our um, nonprofit and charitable shelter operators with... Um, employee retention and attraction, which they're having uh, a lot of issues. I'm committing to have more funds uh, um, mm-hmm. into that. And um, $5 million as well for rental assistance for women and gender diverse people escaping uh, domestic violence. Also, we need to make sure that the federal government is accountable for their financial responsibility of the refugees, which is almost one-third of the people that are currently staying in our shelter. Obviously, this is to deal with our shelters, but we know that the ultimate uh, solution is housing. And that's why I am going to make sure that we double the amount of modular housing, which has been successful. I was able to do one in my community. In six months, we were able to build 44 apartments. 
And this is the kind of uh, action that we need to continue to have and, and to create housing and supportive services as well. We, we need to add um, uh, the protection for the renters. Uh, so therefore, we're, I want to temporarily freeze new proposals that would demolish rental apartment buildings uh, and uh, undertake a comprehensive citywide review. And we need to invest also $10 million to establish um, a specialized and anti-displacement and eviction prevention unit. Um, there's a lot of uh, issues around rent evictions that we need to deal with in our city as well. We need to then move into the supply. And we, we do need to have more of, of the um, uh, just housing, regular housing. But I'm committing as well that we need to increase the number of purpose-built rental in our city. And so out of the 285,000 units that we need to build in the city of Toronto, uh, I want to make sure that 20% of that is purpose-built rental as well. We need to expedite uh, the approvals in the city. But most importantly, we need to make sure that we're uh, building the affordable housing in the city. And that's why I'm committing $10 million to speed the construction um, and readiness for nonprofits as well as making sure that more of the city land is allocated for the nonprofits uh, to build housing as well. So this is a bit of an overview. Well, thank <laughs> I know you. it's quite a lot, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an issue that needs much attention, and it's a lot uh, uh, to be done in our city because I think it's so foundational to people's lives and, and to the social and, and economic well-being of our city, to be honest with you. Uh, have uh, Anna Bilo on the show right now on the Radical Reverend show. We're speaking, as you know, this month to mayoral candidates. Um, and Anna, the second biggest issue that we're hearing from folk is transit, is getting around. Um, what are your proposals in that regard? Well, uh, we need to make sure that we have a safe, reliable, and convenient DC. And I think the only way to have uh, that as a service is to make sure they were investing in the system. During the pandemic, we had a, a huge drop in the ridership of the TPC, which actually had a huge impact on the city's budget as well. Well, we need to attract people back, and that's why we need to make it safe. So making sure that we have the, the uh, staff back into our TPC uh, so that we have eyes and ears uh, in, in our stations, you know, and, and we need to bring, you know, supervisors, even cleaners, right? We just need to make sure that there's a presence that people um, can very easily reach to the assistance that they have. If somebody's having mental health distress, we have services for that and, and have those that the most appropriate staff to respond to the incident that is happening. So more staff, hiring more staff, having my, more eyes and ears to make it safer. Having cameras, having Wi-Fi, you know, I was... Um, the first candidate, <coughs> sorry, the first candidate to talk about it. It's okay. Get yourself. Sorry, a, Jerry, yeah. No, no, it's okay. I, I, it's happened to us all. It's happened to us all. Have a sip of something. Have a sip of something. Uh, Speaking here to Annabello, uh, one of our uh, one of the the leading uh, candidates for mayor in Toronto, out of a field of seventy. Oh my goodness. Um, anyway, and it's also important <laughs> and mm -hmm. crucial is to have uh, the cuts the, uh, reversed. You know, people need to feel like they are going to be going to work and they're going to make it home on time, that they're going to get to work on time. And cutting bus routes, a lot of them in some of, of our priority neighborhoods, that's not how we're going to bring uh, riders back. So that is uh, uh, really important to make sure that we have um, our TTC 
safe and reliable and, and safe in our city. Um, again, speaking to Annabella here on our fundraising show, so please um, do give generously so we can uh, keep this and alternative radio on the airwaves. Um, Anna, the third question that I'm asking candidates that's probably the most important is, how are you going to pay for it all? Um, where is the revenue going to come from? I think there was a hope that John Tory, being a Tory, uh, could get some money out of Queen's Park. Um, it's always been the hope that the feds will get come to the table. Um, so where is the money coming from? in your proposals? Um, well, depending on the proposal, we've put uh, sources of revenue, but there's one thing that is uh, really important for us to talk about in this election, is that we have um, over a billion dollars in our operating budget that of deficit. We have $46 billion of backlog, and uh, we're not going to solve this issue without a better deal for Toronto. And I've been talking about this from day one of the campaign, uh, it starts, uh, I put a, a proposal on the table to have the province taking over the responsibility for the highways that used to belong to them, that they used to pay for, which is the, uh, the um, Gardner and the DVC. I almost said QEW because I am sure nobody actually notices the difference when they're driving between the QEW and the Gardner. So, but uh, we do, we taxpayers of Toronto do because we pay for that and Mississauga doesn't. Uh, but like I was saying, I, I'm saying let's start with that because they have, $30 billion on their highway budget. Um, and and here we are, the city of Toronto, with services that we need to invest, like the CTC that we just talked about, and we're paying for a highway that over 50% of the of the people riding on the highway don't live in Toronto. When the city of Toronto tried to even put tolls on it, uh, it wasn't allowed to. Uh, the, pre, the current premier, Doug Ford, recognized that, that this could have been a solution when he was a councillor. Uh, so I am putting that solution on the table, but really the the uh, the core point is that I I am running on making sure that I have a mandate from the people of Toronto uh, to get a better deal for Toronto. That starts with uh, the province taking responsibility over the Gardner and CPT. It's over two hundred million dollars that we have uh, to spend a year over the next few years to maintain and upkeep these highways. We need that money for the services of the city. Um, the province has been coming at the end of the year with, with a check up to last year they did, but that is no way to run a city. We need to have predictable and sustainable funding from the other orders of government, and that uh, we need to have uh, a fiscal framework that ensures that this continues to be a city of opportunity and a city that is the economic engine of the province and, and of the country, and that they get a lot of their funds from here. Yeah, just just very quickly, because I know we only have you for 10 minutes and we're pushing up against that. Um, Anna Ballow, uh, speaking uh, here on the Radical Reverend Show, uh, the, 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 we're talking about getting money from other levels of government, but, but in terms of the budget that the city does control, one of the biggest portions of that is the police budget. Is there anything, you know, what are, are any reforms that you're looking at in terms of that budget? Um, I, I believe that we need to fund the police and have them do the work that they, are, they should be doing. So I believe that they shouldn't be responding to somebody when they're in a mental health crisis, for example. And that's why in my plan, my public safety plan, I propose to expand the current pilot that we have on the Toronto Community Crisis Response to 100% as soon as possible. Um, and um, because that, it actually has been extremely successful and that's the most appropriate way to respond to those crises, not with the police. Uh, but I... I, I did not vote 
to uh, defund the police. I don't believe in that, uh, but I do believe that they they need to be focused in uh, the work that we need them to be focused, like auto theft, like homicide, like gangs and guns. That's the work that we need them to be focused on. There are other areas that they've uh, they have, uh, been responding to that they shouldn't and that we should make sure that we have the supports for that, like mental health, like homelessness. Even some of our traffic wardens that we now have in the city of Toronto that I'm very committed to expand, uh, that uh, that uh, will do uh, a good job and we, we won't need uh, fully trained police officers to, see, to do some of that work. That's the kind of reform that I'm looking forward to. Thank you so much, Anna. And if people want to get in touch with you and your campaign, how do they go about that? AnnaBailau.ca. Thanks so much. And, uh, and you know, here's here's to you on the campaign trail. I know what that looks like. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> take care, Anna. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So um, we're going to go come back in-house now to our panel. Uh, before we do that, just a reminder, it is our fundraising show, and we really, really need your support to keep Alternative Radio on the airways, www.ciut.fm or 416-946-7800, and lots to win. Um, e-bikes uh, to festivals, to uh, via rail passes, uh, just uh, donate. And uh, again, um, it's, of course, uh, tax deductible. Uh, you get an almost instant receipt. So uh, please do that. Please be generous for alternative media, because otherwise, yeah, get what somebody else pays for. Um, so to bring it back into uh, in-house here, uh, we'll start with you, Alex, uh, this time. Um, uh, one of the things that both these candidates have talked about is increasing money to the pilot project. And I, and I just wanted to make it clear to listeners who might wonder what that is. Uh, so there is a pilot project that's running, I, I believe, like nine of um, nine of our various wards uh, out of 17 or something um, that uh, if you if you don't dial 911, uh, they will send in if I think it's, what is it, 211 that you dial at city level. Anyway, could be wrong on that. But um, then uh, a, a crisis team will come out there, not the police, that will be social workers, uh, street nurses, that kind of thing, to help uh, if it is a mental health crisis that we're, we're talking about. Because we know that in the past, uh, when police intercede with that, somebody often dies, and we want to prevent that. Alex, um, just on that point alone, the police budget... Well, you, you, you heard it from Anna Bailao. She said, fund the police. She said that very clearly. And, and people may not know if, if you aren't following Toronto politics very closely. She was John Tory's uh, deputy mayor. She's the continue, John Tory continuation candidate. She's uh, the John Tory regime that sent cops against uh, homeless people just trying to survive. That that's what she, she is, and and she tries to put put on a left face of money for this and money for that. But you actually listen to the amounts; it, it it's very very small. It was like five million dollars here, ten million dollars there. Uh, sounds like a lot of money to normal people, but in terms of the city budget, this is this is almost uh, nothing. Now, of course, yes, we need to fund mental health crisis response teams, but we need to ask ourselves why is there a mental health crisis? And, and actually, I was uh, remember uh, quite. Um, uh, I was incredibly uh, emotionally touched by the mother of that poor sixteen-year-old boy who was killed on the TTC, who was stabbed, uh, Gabriela Magalhes. Yeah, and and, and in, talked about. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, the 
uh, what is it? All, all the politicians said, oh, we need more cops, we need more cops. And she said, no, we need services for mental health. That was the man of a poor boy who was killed uh, by someone in mental distress. And so we need more services, not more cops. Emma. Well, I, um, I would say you're right. We heard uh, Anna say that she would maintain police budgeting um, as it is. And at least I would say she's one of the only politicians that will at least admit it. I mean, even when we talk to Olivia, both all, all the candidates, at least on the progressive side, seem to be talking about the same thing, shifting uh, resources away from the, or shifting the responsibility of responding to mental health crises from uh, the police to social work and stuff. But that's that's not the major driver of, of cost, to be honest, with, with police. It's, it's salary, it's, it's other issues. Um, so um, I think everyone in this conversation is being a little disingenuous. And I think the reason for that is, quite frankly, I think the Zeitgeist over the last couple of years has shifted. And there was anger against the police, justifiable anger against the police, obviously, um, over, over the last couple of years. But with the, I think, as if you've seen the responses to what's happening on the TTC, there's a fear out there. People are capital, capitalizing on it. But there is a, a legit fear out there about public safety on the streets and on, on the TTC. And, and these candidates recognize that. And I don't think any of them are going to risk... Um, a public flogging by saying that they're going to lower police budgets when there's anxiety rising. But what about the mental health aspect that we're, we're speaking about here? I mean, yeah. I, you know, uh, at the pilot projects, they both seem in, in favor of that instead of police. Um, the intimation from Olivia was that, yeah, I mean, she didn't say she was going to defund the police. She very clearly did not. <laughs> but let me be crystal clear. Police should not be responding to mental health mm -hmm. um, crisis. That's clear. Social workers should do that. They're, they're the ones who can safely do that. They're the ones who can properly do that without risk of life to, to people mm -hmm. experiencing a crisis. But that's not going to shift billions of dollars from the police budget. Um, and I think everyone has to be a little realistic on, and honest that that's not the answer to, to massive um, increases in police budgeting. Uh, so I'm going to turn back to you, Alex. Um, so you know, this is a core demand of Black Lives Matter and was a core demand of Black Lives Matter. Um, at least 50% of the police budget has been the demand from Black Lives Matter, which was, if we remember, this global movement and certainly huge movement in the United States and Canada. And it has seen in the states some modest response in municipal financing in terms of shifting money away from police. Up here, we've actually given more money to the police since those calls with the body cams, right? And, um, and, and to, to Emma's point, like, where is that energy? Where is that sentiment? Because it doesn't seem to be showing in the polls. Well, you need a political movement. Like, uh, not, not just no, Black Lives Matter mobilized um, millions of people. In the United States, I think 10% of the population were... Uh, demonstrated at some point. But it needs actually a political expression. It needs a socialist organized expression. Uh, and actually something Emma said, and so like nobody wants to go up against the police and, and not be popular. In fact, when you do polls of people, people are in favor of defunding the police. But the media is not. The right wing corporate media isn't. And we need politicians who are willing to challenge that and actually mobilize public opinion. And, and unfortunately, yes, uh, Olivia Chow, she didn't answer the question either. 
that they, they backtracked the fear of the right-wing media. And we've got to push back on that and actually mobilize the people who do not want more cops. And actually, I think that's one of the reasons why Chow is number one in the polls and not uh, Saunders, that the, uh, the law and order campaign is not coming through. Otherwise, Saunders would be number one. And even though Chow is equivocating uh, on this, people don't. People see through that law and order message, uh, and the, the right wing media is pushing it. But that's not the general population, and we need politicians with the courage to stand up and mobilise that opinion. So, just uh, and we'll move on from this, but just very quickly on that. Um, Alex is right that it doesn't seem to be picking up this time, that law and order message from Saunders, obviously, otherwise he'd be running first. So do you think there is, you know, what do you think? I'd I know there's fear, but... Yeah. I'd be very careful just trying mm -hmm. to decide this election on polls right now. There's yeah. two months left. And and I would say that, you know, if, if we went by polls two months before campaigns, we'd be talking about Prime Minister Mulcair, talking to Premier Horvath about Mayor Smitherman's latest uh, escapades. And things shift. I will say that whether it's, and I, you know, I'm going to sound really ridiculous talking about this, but whether it's TikTok or Instagram uh, messages, which a lot of youth are talk, uh, pay attention to, every day that I've been on those, I see a video of a young person saying how scared they are on the TTC. Just yesterday, I saw a, a, a young woman of color in tears because she was chased off of a subway and the person sitting right in front of her was attacked. And these are these stories are picking up steam, and it's the talk of it. We were just talking with the producer before the show. This is what's on the tip of people's mouths, and it just takes one person. And I fear it's going to be on the right side because they're experts at doing this on uh, populist messaging, just to galvanize that and, and steer it into something a little darker. And, and, and the young people, the young people posting that aren't saying more cops. They're not very explicitly, and and, and it's because of the crisis in society that it's all being forced on the TTC. It's the only place under shelter that you can get in. Mm -hmm. And and people don't want more cops. Okay. Let's talk about um, the other issues, the transit, the housing. And we've heard from these two candidates um, various amounts of money from larger to smaller uh, going into both these files. Transit, but, but from both candidates, the source of the funding are other levels of government. Um, and both are saying we've got to, you know, for example, to quote Anna, like get the provincial government to step up because, and even other maybe municipalities like Mississauga, you know. Um, what do you think, Emma? Well, and they're not wrong. They, the, the feds and the province both need to step up. But the reality is we have a premier that hates the city and they're, his very strong base of support, he has 80 seats in the house or 70 seats in the house, come from outside of the Trump, the GTA. So there's no appetite. And if you ask somebody from Barrie, if you ask somebody from Windsor or, or the North, uh, if Toronto deserves more money, they'll tell you where to go. And uh, that's, that's, and, and if, if Toronto has 25 out of 124 ridings provincially and 25 out of 333 or, or whatever it is uh, federally, there's no incentive for these politicians on the, on, 
on the even if they weren't hostile to Toronto to pay any attention to this and give us more money. Okay, I'm going to go to Alex on this a minute, but just one last question. I mean, New York, I, I happen to, the only other city I've lived other than this one for any length of time was New York City. And I remember very well back in the 70s before, you know, law and order kicked in and Juliana uh, just rested everybody, um, made it a kind of a haven for the wealthy. But before that, it was suffering from debt. It was bankrupt. And it was only the other levels of government. How do you do that? Well, in famously, the the newspaper, the New York Times had a, a very famous thing: it, the uh, the president to the city, go to hell. <laughs> and that's basically what Ford is saying to Toronto. <laughs> Alex, uh, well, you can't have socialism in one city. Uh, you've got to you've got to build a a movement that goes beyond the city to the province and the country and internationally. You need an internationalist movement. And so, the, until the revolution, are we just doomed <laughs> in Toronto? <laughs> well, no, but it's more. You actually you build a movement here. You actually build courage elsewhere. Um, actually, Andrew Horvath is the mayor of Hamilton. Surely, surely some solidarity should be built. Although uh, maybe not, because she was all buddy buddy with Doug Ford and uh, and is now uh, you know debating what to do with encampments in ha- Hamilton. But really, yes, there needs, there needs to be a socialist movement here. But th- there are issues that affect smaller towns. There are, there are working class issues that affect rural, rural areas that Toronto can have solidarity with it. So we will fight for your issues. And yeah, uh, what, okay. I, I'm in trouble reading that. <laughs> so, Riley, uh, Riley is <laughs> holding up a little sign that's saying one. What was it, Riley? Hold up, uh, Riley, our tech, and, and thank you. It, Okay, so one cop salary for a year is equal to 40 units of affordable housing. I don't quite know how that figures. But anyway, we will yes. <laughs> suffice to say, um, suffice to say, you know, uh, our tech is weighing in, as do people. Um, we just have, like, really just a few minutes left. So, uh, so here we are. We are Torontonians. What do we do? Um, how do we hold whoever is going to be mayor's feet to the fire? Um, uh, Emma, what do we do? We we demand that, I think the first step is demand that property taxes get looked at in a serious manner. I mean, they are a huge part of of the city's funding. Um, and uh, but excuse me, but I mean, running on raising taxes. I I, I heard Josh uh, say that. I'm going to ask him about that. But but it's not the most popular way to run. But anybody. your question wasn't how am I going to run and win as Maritrano. It's how we're going to fix true. the issues. It's so true. okay, um, and that's the, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. So so raising property taxes and yeah. I mean our project. I mean I know people out there who are paying property taxes think they're too high already, but the reality is we are lower than just about anywhere else, right? I mean, that's a simple reality. Um, Alex, well, how are we going to hold this mayor's feet to the fire? We need to demand that everything that Chow puts forward is an utter minimum and we go further. Uh, so, And that we need people willing to get out on the streets and demand this. I sh- and, and that's the lesson of the Bob Ray, that Bob Ray government got in with uh, a number of reforms on, on the books and then everybody sat back and said, oh, you know, the government will do it for us. And then the right wing massively mobilized and pushed Ray to the right, whereas we've got to, we can't trust Chow. I'm hoping Chow wins in that sense uh, because I don't, I don't have much hope of pushing Bailao to the left, 
Uh, but uh, Chow at least sometimes talks about reforms. Uh, but you can't trust her because the right wing will mobilize and push her to the right. The people, working class movement needs to mobilize and push her to the left and demand more than she's currently putting forward. So you heard it, folks, here um, on the Radical Reverend Show. And now it's I'm going to pass it over to you because we are still in fundraising week. So, again, there are so many prizes to win. And uh, more importantly, what you're doing is you're supporting alternative media and a particularly spoken word programming, but not that the music isn't great and it's great to hear music without ads. Uh, but, I mean, spoken word, this is the only place you're going to hear shows like this. Uh, 416-946-7800 here. Uh, do mention the Radical Reverend Show when you give, please. No amount is too small. www.ciet.f. Um, and uh, again, thanks to uh, Riley Artec. Um, we have uh, people, you know, they're ready to come on and uh, and hope that you give t- to them as well. Uh, so keep keep this going. And uh, and again, we've been going for 35 years. It's kind of a miracle, actually, <laughs> that we've been going for 35 years run on volunteer steam. So uh, let's keep it going. And again, thank you for all who have given. Thank you for your generosity. We will absolutely mention your names. And please keep in touch with me because I do respond to all emails. I'm easy to find on social media, DM me, wherever. And uh, I will respond with with thoughts for, for shows and uh, with questions or comments. Until next time on the Radical Reverend Show. Oh, Lord, in my trouble so hard. Oh, Lord, in my trouble so hard. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Oh, Lord, in my trouble so hard. Oh, Lord, in my trouble so hard. Don't nobody know